guys, it's Megan Collins. Welcome back to another episode of The Pod. I've got Taylor Davies with me as always, as of two episodes. Hi, everyone. Um, and we're super excited to be here. So we'll just jump right in. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about SG Madness. Oh, fun. Okay. Fourth annual. We are getting into the Sweet 16 this week. Actually, we'll go through the Sweet 16 and the Elite Eight. Uh, Great. Because it's really diving diving down to sort of the end of it, mm-hmm. which is exciting. And I think it's really been great to see how people have gotten engaged and how people have been rooting for their favorites. What's really interesting is that you, me, and Gabby's picks to go all the way are all still in it. This makes me very happy. But it can't stay. <laughs> like, as we... Well, so you're saying that, like, basically it's going to get more ruthless between the three of us because our three cuts are still... Our three cuts. Our three picks are still in it as the fight is getting more intense. Whereas if somebody had dropped out earlier on, I might have been able to... Like, if Army had been dropped, I would have maybe bandwagoned with you or Gabby. Exactly. But now we're all still really... As we record this, mm-hmm. all of our picks are still in it. By the time this goes live, they might not. So mm-hmm. why don't you remind our audience who everybody's who you're rooting for? And so Taylor, your pick <laughs> is Army Hammer. Yeah, tracksuits for life. Yes, of Call Me by Your Name fame. Yeah, but also he was a Winklevoss twin. He was also on Gossip Girl. Like I've been very invested in Army Hammer's like burgeoning career. Sure. <laughs> Yes, he was in the social network, I feel like, before Call Me By Your Name. That was probably the biggest thing he was in, right? Because he was in, what was that really terrible Johnny Depp movie where they were, like, cowboys that was received really poorly? It was a remake. uh, I don't know. I don't know. BuzzFeed wrote this whole article on how Hollywood keeps trying to make Army Hammer happen. And it kind of keeps not happening. But, yes, I do think he's had a breakthrough moment this year. And you know what? The boy can dress. So I will give you that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What's really funny is that some people's arguments against him have just been basically saying, he's just too handsome. It's not fair. Right. <laughs> like, it doesn't matter what he's wearing. He It's just because he's good looking. That's, like, why people like him. So I want to hear yeah. your counter argument to that. My counter argument is and. So basically how I feel is that if you're that good looking, you could wear a paper bag and people would be like, wow, he's a really handsome guy. But I like that he's also good looking and is stepping out in some really interesting looks. First of all, he had the whole tracksuit thing while he was out in Europe promoting Call Me By Your Name wearing like various Adidas tracksuits and like always like... it was like, a thing. Like, it was you- a thing. He like decided it was going to be his thing. And I think what was funny is following him on Instagram... I like when you see sort of like that somebody at least has a little bit of self-awareness and like a sense of humor about like what their life is. And it kind of came in conjunction with like every single thing he does on Instagram. He mentions Timmy Chalamet because they were like out doing the promotions together. So like he'd be like, photo by T. Chalamet. Like also like I'm here with T. Chalamet. And like I thought it was just so cute and sweet that they had this like very intense relationship in the movie that translated to like a very real friendship. Right. Timmy Chalamet being his co-star and called me by your name and who actually got knocked out of the first round of SG Uh, Madness. Yeah. Yeah. Despite being on the cover of GQ last month like and very much hailed as this sort of new fashion icon. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's because I didn't stand hard for him. I think if I had picked him maybe he would have gone farther. You could have swayed some boats. Probably. But I'm on Team Army now and I feel really good about it especially because he's doing so well. And the second... Um, call-out look that I will mention is at the Oscars when he wore this, like, beautiful, like, cranberry burgundy velvet tuxedo that was such a look. Yeah. And I would like to say that a lot of other guys throughout the last, like, probably three or four years have been wearing the velvet tuxedo look. 
And many of them are not as like classically handsome as Army Hammer. So there's my argument once again coming full circle. Yes. I think what I would say on your behalf is that there's plenty of handsome men out there who are not in SG Madness. Yeah. Because they're making safer choices, maybe more expected choices, or maybe they just dress like crap. Like George Clooney, handsome guy, like can't stop wearing baggy suits. Yeah. It's weird and I don't get it. But he doesn't get in SG Madness because he's not um, – Wearing, doing anything interesting. Right. Doing anything interesting or wearing any clothes that we're really into. Yeah. So, yeah. So, good pick. We'll see how far he goes this week. I, of course, don't have it in front of me, so I don't know who he's going up against. But I'm sure it's going to be a tough race because, again, at this point, yeah. it's really hard to say about anyone that's still in it, oh, my gosh, like, why are they still, you know, why yeah. are they still around? Like, everyone that is still in SG Madness looks great. Yeah. And they just all have very different styles. Different styles, which is why it's such a fun thing. Yeah, absolutely. So, my pick is Michael B. Jordan and mm. I... Still feel really good about that. <laughs> and he's been winning his sort of face-offs pretty... Like by a lot. Yeah, Army's been safely. having some close calls, so... Yeah. <laughs> um, I'll be standing hard for him on social media this week to keep the dream alive. <laughs> yeah, you might need to. Yeah. And since Gabby's not here, we'll just talk about hers really quick. She picked Ryan Gosling, and I'm Classic. just going to drag Gabby right now <laughs> by saying that Ryan Gosling is not like Gabby's favorite style person like he is not someone who she stands for she just went with a number one seed basically basically past like she is someone who like doesn't like basketball but like it chose duke to go all the way because she's like well i heard duke is like really good yeah like i'm just like very (laughs) i'm not even mad because it's like a smart thing and like it's it probably will get you far like if you are a betting person like you should just Bet on number one seeds and just like live your life but yeah but if this year's regular march madness is any indication that plan doesn't always work out. Yeah, that's a great point. My bracket is super busted. <laughs> like the most busted bracket I've ever done in the two years that I've been involved in March Madness as a person. <laughs> wow, has that been really hard for you? <laughs> yes, because I felt like the one other time I did it, I did really well and was really proud of myself and was like, here I go again, <sighs> about to impress all my female friends in our bracket group called Just the Tip-Off, and uh, I'm really doing poorly this year. Yeah, just the tip off. I'm clever. I thought of it. Oh, I, I like that you felt the need to just grab that for yourself. Yeah, me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, I I will say though, she's not wrong to have picked him from from either. He's sense. always Honestly, had interesting he does style. All, yeah, he dresses really well. He he picks interesting things to put together. Is it necessarily his year? I don't know. He hasn't been that visible this year. I feel like he, he hasn't been out doing that much. He's like too busy like being like a dad that got, you know, roped into being a dad by, sorry. How dare you? Ugh, I think she trapped him. But they had two. We're talk- uh, He's with Eva Mendez. I kind of. seems mm, happy enough about it. Sure. I mean, he's very private about it. Yes. Um, and I think they're fine. I feel like it ended up being the right thing for him. That's fine. But I feel like she trapped him into fatherhood and a life together. If you guys haven't gone and voted on SG Madness, <laughs> go vote on SG Madness. Go vote. Yeah. Go pick your favorites. You know ours. Don't <laughs> let that influence your decision. Or do. Yeah, hammer time. Exactly. But I, yeah, I want to get into it. I want to first talk about um, fashion and, and guys' spring wardrobes. Something I think a lot a lot about and it was really funny because I think you texted me about this like last week and I I kind of thought oh I thought I was the only one that does this so now I want to talk about um what's going to be your 
thing yeah. this season. Yeah. So for me, like, I always kind of think about, I remember last summer I was like, I'm going to wear shorts a lot this summer. Like, mm. fancy shorts, but shorts. Like, yeah. that's going to be my thing. And I, I kind of go through those things seasonally. And I don't know if men do it. I know. I think they should. I think but they I feel like a lot of them it. don't. So I want to talk about yours, and then I want to talk about some options that could be considered guys' thing for yeah. spring. Yeah, okay, cool. So my thing for spring, and it's the same thing I had for spring last year, is mini skirts. Okay. This is something that every year I come around, and I'm like, I'm going to be more into skirts, and I never do it. And it's something because I feel like I feel really confident about my legs. It's something that I like to show off. I do wear a lot of shorts and I feel like shorts are fine. I do not think they are as comfortable as skirts for women in hot weather. I just love skirts and I love like high-waisted skirts. I love how they like can kind of be dressed up and dressed down. Like I have this whole vision of me going on dates in like the spring and summer in like a great like black mini skirt with like checkered vans and like a cute like t-shirt and then being like this is me this is my look um so I'm working towards that I've been you know marking some online websites and that's how I'm going to rebrand myself for spring talk a little bit about why this is not silly oh why why it's not silly yeah I I think I want to hear because I totally am on board with that and I think that's sounds like a great idea what do you think it is about using sort of seasonal check checkpoints as like a check-in for your style about that yeah well because I feel like um we all do this thing where you kind of get into your style where you kind of just get into a groove or a routine where you're like these are the things I own so these are the things I wear and you kind of like don't really deviate from your like usual move and I think in comparison my usual move might be sort of like a dress that's like oversized. I went through like a big phase where I have like a bunch of dresses that like don't fit tightly and I just wear them all the time. And so maybe I got convinced that that's my warm weather look, but now I'm sort of walking that back and saying, okay, that doesn't have to be. Why can't I introduce something new and then sort of like direct my style in a new direction for um, the upcoming season? So I think it's fun to sort of like look at what's out there and look at what's trendy and then say, there's no reason I couldn't incorporate this new thing into my wardrobe and kind of like bring my style kind of back to life for the new season I guess and then that gives you sort of a renewed sense of confidence and a renewed interest in kind of like I don't know just feeling good about yourself when you get dressed each day because you're like oh this is like my new thing and I can't wait to take it out on the street. How do you see the difference between style evolution and like a style pivot? Hmm. I guess I just want to think through it for guys in terms of giving them a sense of security around the idea that just because you try something new doesn't necessarily mean that you're, like, changing who you are. Or, like, it's, like, such a, like, oh, like, but I already have my clothes. Here's what I think of this. This feels to me like when you're making cookies. And if you're a guy who, like, whatever, I dated a guy who liked to bake chocolate chip cookies. I I have a direction that I'm going with this. So anyway, (laughs) he was like, this is my thing. Like, he was like, I'm not a big cook. I'm not a big anything. But I do have this chocolate chip cookie recipe that I – make and they're really fucking good but every now and then he changes up the recipe and like puts a bunch of like giant flaky sea salt on top of the regular recipe that he has as his go-to or you mix in peanut butter chunks with this standard recipe so to me it's not being like okay instead of cookies I'm now gonna make a cake I don't know is that the line I'm drawing or like 
seafood. Yeah, like, it's adding something into the recipe that already exists to make that recipe a little bit more fun and different, but it's still your sort of like go-to. Yes. Okay, so what you're saying is guys can and should feel comfortable quote-unquote changing things up without fearing that they either have to disassemble their whole wardrobe to, yeah. try, to do that yeah. or change their style perspective. Like it, it's more of – Again, it's more of an evolution rather than a hard pivot. I agree. And I think that this is actually easier for guys than it is for women because I think that the men's formula is a little bit more simple. Like not to – I mean, it's basically like pants or shorts, shirt, second layer, shoes. And then you kind of like can play in the sauce from there. So I think to add something in is actually much, much easier because women, there's all this like, you know – waistlines go up and down and things are tight and things are loose and it's a whole kind of complicated thing but for guys like you have your measurements and you have your sizes that look good on you and you maybe you have a brand that like you're like okay I like bonobos I like the slim fit or I like bonobos I like the regular fit but this season I'm gonna go there and I'm gonna try a different color that I've never worn before or I'm gonna try a sleeve that I've never tried before or something like that and so you're able to kind of add something that evolves your style rather than being like, whoa, I'm throwing out the whole thing and I'm starting over because I'm trying one new element. I think it's pretty easy. I love it. We'll definitely be talking more about that. We have a lot of great spring fashion, spring style content coming up. Yeah, we do. So you guys can stick around for that so that you get some ideas of what might your thing be. Yeah, what's your spring? What's What's your your thing? Spring thing. The next thing I want to talk about is we got a reader mailbag question this week. I'm going to read it. We still haven't, I haven't bothered to figure out how you guys can actually call in with questions, but I swear to you I'm doing that. I'm going to do that. I just. Or it could be a. Leave me alone. It could be an email too, right? You can email Megan. Yeah, yeah, you can. I just think it'd be really fun to be like. Not like a lot of Like play caller, the voicemail? Like, yeah, exactly. Um, We'd like have a fun sound effect. Yes. Or like a cool like SG reader mailbag. <clears throat> I don't know. All right. So here's what this reader had to, to say. They emailed us a couple weeks back because we you were gone and um, we're just getting to this now. So hopefully this person's already in a better place. But here's what we got. So this sucks because it comes from a personal place, but I'd love to hear your take on getting over a breakup. My girlfriend and I just broke up Saturday, and it was her decision, which sort of came out of the blue. At least in the last month, things kind of just changed. I've talked to plenty of my friends, but they're obviously biased because they're my friends. This was my longest relationship, and man, it blows. And short of going to a therapist, which I'm considering, it's been a really shitty start of this year for other reasons, Mm -hmm. hearing some non-biased thoughts would be interesting. So, Taylor, any tips for getting over, not just a breakup, but getting dumped? Well, speaking uh, as someone who has been dumped and has also broken up with themselves, which I also think is a topic to get into another time. Sorry, you broke up with yourself? Yeah, you know, when someone starts behaving badly because they want to break up, but they won't man up and do it, so then you basically... Break, oh, I see. You, you, you oh, technically break up with them, way. but it's basically you're breaking up with yourself. Wow, I've never heard that, but yeah. yes. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so getting over a breakup. I have some like hard and fast rules because I feel like you kind of have to learn this stuff the hard way. Like that's the deal with heartbreak. It's the universal thing that we all have in common. And like in my experience, the last time I was like thoroughly and completely dumped, we did not speak again ever after we broke up. We were kind of like in a long distance relationship and he 
came to visit me. We had this like long drawn out day of or evening of breaking up, I guess. And then when he left the next morning, we never spoke again. And I never saw him again. And that's that was three almost three years ago. And it was devastating at first. Like I was like a full blown mess because it was one sided and I felt really hurt and it was um like incredibly painful. But what I can say in hindsight is that what everybody will tell you is that like time is what the answer is. Like time is what makes all this stuff easier. But I would also say that if you feel like this is like the real breakup, like this is not like you're a couple who kind of like goes in it, you know, because there are certain couples who break up, get back together, break up, get back together. If you feel like this is really the end, the best thing you can do for yourself is make it really the end. And the first easiest step is social media. Yes. Unfollow. Yes. Stop all communication on social media. Like, I'm talking Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, if you're into that. Snap, especially. Like, all of that. Done. Because that's where you get into the gray area of, like, overthinking every little thing. What does this mean? What does this mean? So when that guy and I broke up, he was still on my social, like, liking my Instagrams. And I felt like they were pity likes. That's how I took it, is that he felt bad that he had dumped me, so he was, like, lifting me up with Mm -hmm. uh, Instagram likes. So I sent him a text saying, you know, like, blah, 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 don't do that. It's hurtful. And I said, if you want to be in touch in a real way, we can do that. But if not, get off my Instagram. And he never responded. And he never liked another Instagram. And he followed me for another year and a half after that um, because I'm a psycho and I checked. No one's perfect. Uh, (laughs) But, yeah, make it, like, cut it like you have to cut it off like this guy and I never spoke again and I can guarantee you that if we continued speaking and being in touch I wouldn't have gotten over it it still took me a long time but it would have taken even longer I agree with that in terms of social media I think that works both ways you should absolutely unfollow them on every single network because you don't want to see them no, living your life. No, it's so hurtful. So yeah, so I remember when that happened where you, that guy was liking your stuff, I was astounded. I was yeah. like, what is his deal? Yeah. Even with Instagram stories now, like you can see who looks at your stuff on Instagram stories and because Facebook and Instagram are the devil, they somehow know exactly who you want to know. Yeah, and they put them right at, the right at the top. Yeah. So even that is rude. So yes, whether you're the one getting dumped don't let them know that you're wanting to see their stuff. So just don't see it because that's kind of sad. And yeah, if you're the dumper, don't keep you know following them just because it's not as yeah. hard for you to because you've already sort of emotionally checked out of their life. Do them the service of yeah, it not works both ways there because yeah, the net you, net is like, what are you gonna see? Nothing that you're gonna see is gonna make you happy, right? If you are checking up on someone who broke up with you and. Like, what are they doing? Like, trying to project living their best life? That's going to be hurtful. Or if they're not, like, posting anything, are you going to be sitting there wondering, are they sad? Like, should I reach out? Like, like then there is no positive outcome to continuing social media contact with someone who you are no longer romantic with. Yeah. So as, as the dumpy, I do think it's super valid what you did to say, mm-hmm. hey, to reach out via text or whatever it might be in some way that makes you feel still safe, but to reach out and just say, listen, I unfollowed you. I'm trying to get over you. I'd really appreciate it if you don't be present. I don't even know how to say yeah, that. Yeah, like just kind of like, like leave me alone. Like you yeah. have told me that you no longer want to be in my life. So like please don't be so in my life. So don't be in my life. Yes. 
So there's a little bit of action that the again, the person who's gotten broken up with need, yeah. might need to take, but I think that it's really healthy because yes, yeah. if they see that person or you can just block them or you can block them if you feel like yeah. you can't have this sort of like I don't know why I I think probably if I were to psychoanalyze myself, I thought he would respond. Like I thought he would respond to that text and be like, "Sorry, like I miss you or like I just wanted to say this and that and I thought it would be a conversation and it wasn't Mm -hmm. and that also was like whoa super reinforcing like (laughs) whatever that was it wasn't him trying to like maintain a relationship with me it was it was pity or it was I don't know what it was but it was not nice and and you ended it and I ended that and I could have just blocked him and not had that conversation and there would have been this the outcome would have been the same yep I think another thing um, that the reader actually mentioned and that I would highly encourage is talking to a therapist. Mm -hmm. I think that there's, not only is there nothing wrong with that, like I think that we've pretty much removed that stigma, it can only help because at some point your friends and your family are only going to want to listen to you talk about this person so much before they're kind of like, okay man, but like let's maybe get back to the game or like, like, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, Well yeah, or getting back to, yes. And I don't begrudge friends and family that. Like, at some point, it is okay for the friends and family to kind of be like, I'm here for you, but also, like, I don't want to keep talking about this, and I don't want to keep rehashing the same things. Because that's what someone who's been broken up with wants to do. They want to talk something to death. Yeah. And I get it. I've been there. But pay someone to listen to you. Yeah, because at some point, it starts to be, like, you're taking advantage of your friends a little bit. You're taking advantage of their time, and you're taking advantage of how much they care for you by – Um, like continuing to take up all the time and energy in the room talking about your problems. And again, there's nothing wrong with feeling your feelings and your friends are there for you. you Your friends support you. Your family supports you. Family loves you. And you you get a window of when your friends need to suck it up and be there for you. You get this window when you're going through and like how long that window is, I guess, is is probably changeable. Sure. Because you do. The relationship, the intensity of it. yeah. And how friend, how close your friends were to the situation too, for sure. So, you know. But I think also the interesting thing that I feel like is important for us to reiterate too is that I think we're really lucky being in New York that like almost everyone I know talks to a therapist. And because in New York and in these coastal cities, seeking out solutions to your problems in a public way is like cool. And we all are really like supportive of that. And I think that for maybe some of your like listeners and readers who come from places where people don't talk about stuff in that way, like don't feel like because nobody you know has ever mentioned going to a therapist or um, doing anything like that to kind of like seek out a solution or something to a problem that they're dealing with, don't feel like you can't. And like, yeah, just I feel like you should feel empowered to do whatever you need to do to heal yourself and to feel better. Um even if people around you, you feel like you don't really feel like you can tell them about it. And A, it doesn't mean that they're not necessarily seeing a therapist. Oh, they yeah. might just not be talking about it. Yeah. And B, like, if they're not, you probably could look at that person and be like, well, they could probably use it in this, that, or the other way, right? For sure. So, yeah, just because it's not something that is so prevalent or as spoken about or as public, um, yeah, it doesn't mean you can't go for it. Yeah. And just don't, like... If it comes down to it, just don't tell people. Like, if your friend wants to meet up at 5 for a drink, but you have therapy at 5.15, just be like, can I meet you at 6.30? Like, I get, yes, because I agree with you. Because I think in New York. And I think with guys, that's easier. Only girls are going to be like, why can't she meet me at 5.15? What are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) Your friends are probably going to be like, cool, dude, whatever. Yeah, exactly. So, yes, I agree with that. I think that 
if anything, New Yorkers go over the top about being, like, wearing it as a bit of a badge of honor, but also as a way of saying, like, don't worry, I know I'm crazy. Yeah. Do you think that there's some of that, too? Like, I think that's, I I always want to acknowledge, like, I'm working on myself, so. Yeah. Even when I'm the worst, at least know that I used to be. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like New York is very much, like, welcome to a place where, like, you can feel fine about being a little bit unhinged. Like, because everybody is so, and I think, I mean, I think we start to use everybody a lot in these situations because we spend a lot of time on social media. And social media makes you feel closer to people, like, sharing all their stuff. But a lot of people aren't on social media. And then perhaps your ratio of who's doing what gets a little bit skewed. So that's why we feel like therapy's for everyone and almost everyone we know and don't know. I'm using my air quotes for like people I know who I only know through the internet um, like talks about their problems because we have a lot of like internet friends who are really into talking about like mental health and talking about therapy and talking about like what's another example of things that like being on maybe medication. Sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we I feel like are great advocates for um, transparency and openness Transparency and openness. And also just like, even if you don't want to be transparent about it, about feeling like it's okay to do it. Yes. So I feel like half the time Style Girlfriend is just about creating a permission structure for men to try whatever it is that they're interested in or are curious about. So if you need it, here is your permission. Go see a fucking therapist because they can be literal lifesavers, honestly. 100%. And if you've had a rough time, a rough start to your year, whatever it might be, this is the perfect time to go and hash all that out because what you might find is it's not just, oh, like I'm sad because she left, but it's like, oh, I'm sad because I hate my job or I'm sad because me and my dad's relationship sucks or like whatever. Yeah. You're only going to get to that by talking to someone who can maybe pull apart the threads of all the things that are wrong and like help you see patterns Mm -hmm. and like help you someone without a bias. Yes. Absolutely. As he mentioned, because his friends have a bias because they're close to His friends. Yeah. Right. Exactly. The last thing I'll say, and then I'll circle back to you if you have any other tips, but Mm. for me, I think it's really important. You have this period where you're like, I'm not really dating and like, I'm not ready to like, quote unquote, be back out there. Give yourself a back out there date. Literally put it in your calendar. Set a reminder. Like the, you know, there's rules or whatever about like, it takes you half as long to get over a relationship as the one yeah. you were in it. Like, that's not necessarily – I think guys, maybe their time span might be either more compact or might be different, like, what they feel they need. But whatever time you feel you need to grieve and to be sad and to be a huge bummer, give yourself that time and, like, really wallow and really yeah, be Yeah, feel your bummed. feelings. Feel them. And then, you know, on – Tuesday, November 15th, whatever it is in your calendar, that's when you like go back out, you lift your head up and you start looking around for cute girls and you're back out there. And, or, you know, you re-up your Tinder profile, whatever it might be. Yeah. But you really do need to kind of like put a pin on the grieving process because if you sort of have one foot in the not being ready to be out there and one foot in being out there, your dating life is going to be a hot pile of garbage because you're not really going to feel like in it. I feel like the breakup, the post-breakup life is is a for women and for men is a 180. It is really different because we process breakups really differently. And I, as I have mentioned in probably every podcast we've recorded, I read this book called The Love Gap by Jenna Birch. And she goes into a whole thing where, I mean, the thing is men just process their um, emotions and stuff differently. And by process, I mean oftentimes just don't process so that's why I think it's really great that our reader 
called out perhaps seeing a therapist to kind of like deal with this and other issues in their life because a lot of men on the whole, not saying everyone, but a lot of men just choose not to process. They just put the feelings in a box and move on. Like I wouldn't be surprised if our reader, if we were to call him up, would be like, yeah, I've already been on Tinder. (laughs) Because this is what guys do. Like you – you you feel like the best way to get over someone is to put a person in between you and your feelings. And that's how I ended up in a relationship with a guy who had been, who had ended a four-year relationship six weeks before we met. Whew. Yeah. I'm sorry. The red flags were waving big and high. And I said, I don't know what red flags you're talking about. I'm in love. Mm-hmm. I didn't see them. I didn't want to see them. And that to me, and now that's something I'll never forget, is that like I'm – I'm like running in the opposite direction from any guy who's on the rebound because I've, I don't know, they seem to love me and they seek me out and they find me because I look like the perfect in-between person. Apparently I have it written on my forehead, let me help you get over your ex. Uh, So I think this is just really different. Like guys, like I think women need to get out their date and I think a lot of guys need it too but in the opposite way. Like women need it sooner and men need to put it out a little farther maybe in general because – it's really easy to find yourself on a like random Tinder date with a guy who was like, yeah, I don't know. I just like just got out of a relationship like three weeks ago. So I'm not really looking for anything serious. And then you're like, well, God damn it. Why am I here? Why am I, why me, the person who's looking for something real on a date with someone who's literally just trying to put some sex in between them and the person who broke their heart. Right. And I think by now we know that Getting over someone is not about getting someone under you. Yeah. And that's not going to fix it. So even if that's what men have been taught, it's not super healthy. It's not helpful. And it it's not nice to the girl, right? Yeah. That's so, the thing is that... Because at least the guy said to you, I'm not really looking for anything serious. There's a lot of guys out there who would just not say that. Mm-hmm. And, go and who would string you and, along for yeah. like a month, a month and a half, and then you think it's going somewhere, and then they're like, ugh, actually, like, I'm just not ready. Right. But when are they going to be ready? Who knows? So I guess that's my point is, like, yeah, like, set your time period of grieving or whatever, but also during that time, do some self-reflection. Do some thinking on why didn't this work out? Do I need to – do I need to be different? Do I want to change some things about myself? Do I want to change who it is I'm looking for? Like, do the – like, do the work. Do the work. And I think because I think it is fine. Like if you feel like what you need to be happy and to feel healthy is to go on dates. If that's part of your like getting over someone process, I'm not going to begrudge guys that because I feel like people are going to do what they're going to do. But my hot tip is that as soon as you feel like it's appropriate, be upfront with whoever you're out with about the mental state that you're in. Mm -hmm. Like if you're just looking for fun and if you're dating casually, like get it out there. Say it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So good luck, reader. We hope that you're feeling better. Yeah, keep us posted, yeah, maybe. Yeah, absolutely. C- uh, consider getting a, a fashion spring thing. And that might yeah. make you feel better, feel like a brand new man. Maybe it's, I don't know, maybe it's a new color. Could be Like a do color. something different, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Could be trying a new, like maybe you're like you're wearing a club collar shirt instead of a, you know, yeah, regular button down. I don't Absolutely. know. Absolutely. Wow, club collar. That would make me feel like a different person. Me too. Wow. Yeah. You just blew my mind. Okay. I like it. Uh, well, speaking of that, it's time for hot takes. Woo! We've reached the end of this episode. All right, so here's my hot yeah, take. Yeah, please go first. <laughs> <laughs> Here 
my hot take for the week. This is actually something that uh, an internet pal of mine, Alexis Ned, who uh, was a writer for Cosmopolitan, and she's fantastic. Follow her on Twitter. Mm-hmm. I think literally at Alexis Ned. I reread something that she wrote a while back, but it just really resonated with me and popped out in my head this week because I sort of had a firsthand experience. She wrote about the idea of, like, don't be too cool for pop culture. Like, no one thinks you're smarter or more sophisticated or more, more mature because you claim not to know who a Kardashian is. Sure. Like, it's so tiring. And it's also probably really disingenuous. Like, could you tell Courtney and Khloe Kardashian apart? Maybe not. But also, like, you know who the Kardashians are, right? Like, it yeah. doesn't prove anything about you that you think is a good thing by saying, I don't know who that is. Yeah. And if anything, it makes the person that you're talking to feel bad. Yeah, and it makes it sound like you're deliberately trying to make the other person feel, yeah, feel bad and feel uncomfortable. Right, by belittling what it is that they care yeah, about. Yeah, it's a high horse move. But it made me think of it because this week a friend of mine, so we can see who's voting for who on Instagram stories for SG yeah. Madness. Yeah. So I was like perusing and a friend of mine had voted for Harry Styles over, but I don't know, the other person. Sure. And... I don't know. I texted my friend and was like, oh, like, didn't take you for a Harry Styles kind of guy. And my friend was like, I don't know who that is. I just thought he dressed better than the other guy. And I was like, there is literally zero chance that you don't know who Harry Styles is, right? Like, at this point, like, he's pretty out there. He's pretty yeah. famous. I just think he would be hard to miss. Like, maybe if it was, like, Shawn Mendes or, like... Yeah. I barely know who Shawn Mendes is, TBH. I know he's a singer. I mean, yes. Yeah. And, like, you probably can sing along to his songs, and at least you acknowledge his, like, existence. I do. It just seems very weird to be like, I've never heard of Harry Styles. Yeah. And I just... I couldn't really call my friend out anything beyond just saying, like, I don't believe you. Because then Mm -hmm. he was like, no, it's true. And I was like, okay. But I just... I don't know. It really... It, like, stuck in my craw, and I cannot get over it. I am eventually going to be someone who people are like, hmm, Style Girlfriend never heard of it. And, like, <laughs> and I'm going to be really annoyed. <laughs> like, don't act like you haven't heard of it. You know. You know what it, you know who Megan Collins is. Like, even if you don't know exactly what she does, you've heard of her. Okay? Like, you have. Like, I know you know what a club collar is, but it doesn't mean that you can't check a fashion website every now and again. Right. Like, yeah. and where, like, where's the line, right? Like, I think that another reason this bothers me is just because celebrity culture gets ghettoized and celebrity culture is what women care about. Whereas sports, like if sports is something where it's okay that people care about that and celebrity culture is something where it's not okay. Sure. And it, that really bothers me. So, or less culturally impactful. Right? Oh, you like, could make a lot of arguments that celebrity culture is overall culturally much more impactful than sports. Yeah. 100%. Right. The biggest sports stars are the ones who have crossed over into just being a household name, the one that would show up in a People magazine or mm-hmm. in Us Weekly. Yeah, Tom Brady. Wow. Right, exactly. So I think that it's not just the idea of don't act like you're too cool, but think about what it is about celebrity culture that makes you feel like you shouldn't be paying attention yeah. And it's fine if you don't, right? Like, but I feel like pretending not to know things for the sake of coming across a certain way is where you really take a misstep as a human. Just because I know his birthday and his driver's license ID. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Yes, exactly. So that's my hot take. Okay. Don't be cool. Don't be too cool to like stuff. 
Um, okay. So what you got? Okay, so I'm going to pivot from your hot take um, to a kind of similar idea. Uh, so I've been listening to this podcast called You Up by Betches Media, and I really enjoy it. Um, it's a dating podcast, and basically people write into them with email questions and then like little games, and it's really fun. And the guy and girl that um, host it together, it's really fun because they provide like just both sides of every kind of like dating conundrum and one of the things that Jared the guy host says a lot is basically to be wary of anyone who's too for or against something Mm. but they were he basically was saying like anybody who's like way too into politics or way too into drinking or way too against doing drugs like people who feel really like entitled or perhaps too cool like you were saying um too cool or too like protected to be to have any sort of like open-minded middle ground a thought about anything is sort of a strange quality to have because like you were saying about like being too cool for celebrity culture it it alienates the person you're speaking with from having basically any middle ground of opinion right like if you're someone who's like you go on a date with someone and they're like I do not smoke weed and I am really against it and here's a bunch of reasons I'm like really opposed to it and I think it's terrible and you're sitting there in your head going like I've smoked a few times I sometimes think it's fun like oh my god then what's your move what do you say and then how does the conversation from there go anywhere positive yeah so my hot take is that if you do have like strong opinions are welcome and I think that there's a big difference between strong opinions and sort of like what would be the word I'm looking for to describe someone who's like way too at the far end of the spectrum? Like ideologically. Yeah, like really determined. like yeah, if you draw like a hard line. Yeah. Um, I think there's a difference between having a strong opinion and being like drawing a hard line on something. Um, so my hot take is that I think it's interesting in dating because you will come across these people who have like who are just draw a hard line about like certain things. And if you are out dating and dating is something that's challenging for you like finding a way to sort of like relax your mind when you're talking to someone who has a different opinion than you and to be more open and receptive that's like gonna behoove you in the end I think that applies beyond dating right oh 100% you're having a conversation with the office and you're saying I believe this 100% and anyone who doesn't is a big fat moron then like Susan from accounting is gonna feel really uncomfortable when she's sitting there going I will I believe the other thing so yes, I think that there is a way to be able to say, this is something that I believe really strongly in for me. This is what I found works in my life. Yeah. Whatever that might be. Exactly. And but so it, yeah, it goes both ways for like if you're out with someone or encounter someone in the workplace or have a friend who is like really just like on the far end of the spectrum of an opinion, then like I just think it's very much like be wary of that person because it often can be indicative of things that make them tough to get along with as a person down the line. Yeah. I think that's that's really smart and it's good for people to keep in mind. All right, uh, you guys, this has been so fun. I'm Megan Collins, a style girlfriend. I've been here with Taylor Davies. Uh, if you like this episode, please rate and review us. It really helps people find us. Subscribe. And subscribe. And if you have a question, shoot it to us. I think contact at stylegirlfriend.com. You can email us. Otherwise, get at us on Twitter or all the places. Yeah, that slide into our DMs. Yes, exactly. Uh, that's it. That's it for me. That's it for us. Have a good week. Goodbye. Bye.